Broadcasting from Alphabet City at 4242 Main Street. Joe Leary along with Patrick Shelton. Everything filmed with Film Robot is presented by Agency Click. Uh, our guest is Aaron Chapman. I've known Aaron a long time. I've only had like momentary conversations with you in and out in passing. True enough. But it's great to have you on the show. And Thank Patrick, you, man. Aaron has written and an authored a number of books. He, this man knows the history of this fair city <laughs> we're in, both the, the notorious, the good, the bad, the ugly, the nightlife, the entertainment. And one of the things, before we get into your full litany of work, mm. Aaron, one thing I wanted to ask you about is the history of film in the city and surrounding area of Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Because I remember as a kid, I remember McCabe and Mrs. Miller was uh, shot yes. in Vancouver. But it, as a kid, I was impressed thinking, oh my God, Hollywood is here in Vancouver. Yeah. That really was kind of like the starting point, was it not? Well, let's see, you know, you, you think about those years before Hollywood North, you know, that were, when those film productions did come up, they were a rarity, you know, like that. And... I have a weird connection to McCabe and Mrs. Miller uh, be, because my, my mother, my bio, I should say my biological mother, it gets a little complicated with the family tree here, but my biological mother met my biological father okay. on McCabe and Mrs. Miller, and I am the happy uh, uh, product of, of that result. So I always wanted to thank Robert Altman for directing yeah. my birth or something like that. Or, yeah. or, or my, you know, he wasn't there for the conception, I don't think. <laughs> but anyway, he, he, I, that was, yeah. So I always have a, when I watch that movie, I, I get the sort of a sort of a ghostly feeling that, that I'm, I'm somewhere sort of traveling in the, one of those extras in the background or something. But did that put Vancouver on the map? Well, I think so. You know, that was a huge, you know, that was a huge production at the time. Not that, you know, there was carnal knowledge before that, you know, the Nicholson um, uh, and Margaret picture that was uh, up here too, just, just before that. But, you know, there... That sort of that was a real sort of benchmark film, I think, because you didn't really have anything. There were lots of independent little productions and things like that as well going on. And later on, you know, that surge of of, of Hollywood North stuff that films start happening, and you know, really in the late '80s, I guess, you know. But it's um, yeah, interesting, interesting picture, interesting time. We talked about you know we talked about it in the other show. Correct me, I'm trying to remember the place, but maybe you could like. Mm. Uh, all these movies came here, and it was the place in Victoria, the castle. It was like the the was it Belmont? Crickdera Castle. No, it was like and like they use it for the X Men now and everything. Oh, the, oh right. The Changeling was filmed there. Okay. The one that you were talking about, Warren Beatty, was there. Like they all came for this one place in Victoria. Oh God, it slips my mind now. Right. But anyway, we talked about it, but you couldn't get that in. Uh, you know, you couldn't get that. They, so they came here, and this is the '70s. I'm talking about. Right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. we're going back. We're going back. Before everything kind of went mainstream Vancouver. Mm. So it wasn't even the dollar. You couldn't get that in L.A. and stuff. So they came here for the scenery, which is unbelievable. Yeah. So maybe you could talk about that, of what, why, oh, what I think, you saw. You know, I, I, you know I, I, think that's I think that's very true. You know, there were, there were film locations up here that they could, they found that they, you know, there, it seems like there's, there are key people that are in the process along the right. way. And Altman was a big one because he, had, he sort of fell in love with Vancouver, it seemed. Uh, and he was living up here, you know, for, for a, a, an extended period as well. So, uh, you know, some of those some of those film locations, and, and somebody like me, who's a Vancouver historian, I sometimes look at old movies that are shot in Vancouver, and you'll see some stuff that's not there anymore, you know. Or I'm always trying to think of what street is that? I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. looking at the actors. I'm looking in the background mm -hmm. to see the buildings that are there. You know, like uh, that old George Siegel movie, Russian Roulette. It's very good for that, that they shot up at the Hotel Vancouver, but they did a bunch of stuff around Chinatown and some other places there. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's, lots of, there's lots of different things here. So Vancouver, which rarely plays itself in film. Never. Is all, you know, it's always Seattle, Portland, sometimes it's even Chicago, sometimes New York. 
I think it's even been New Delhi at one time or another, maybe with Mission Impossible or something. But well, nothing, nothing, nothing says um, U.S. besides USA Today mailboxes. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're everywhere. Like and, in every movie, they actually do close-ups of a, of a mailbox. <laughs> I'm going. Like, why did you zoom in on the USA yeah. Today? So they'll take a Canada Post mailbox. They'll put, like, USA Today. For some reason, that just says America. Yeah, guess, exactly. Right? And I remember they, I, was in, I was on tour with my old band, and we were in Helsinki, Finland, of all places. And I was about two months in the tour, and I was a little bit homesick. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to go see a movie. Take my mind off things. Got the day off. Got a show tonight, but got the sort of day to myself. So I'm thinking, I'm, you know, take my mind off being away from home and seeing friends and family and things like this. So I go walk in and I go see Rumble in the Bronx, which yes. is shot in Vancouver, and it's shot mostly about two blocks away from where I lived. And I just sort of sat in the theater and laughed for, by my, you know, myself just watching this, thinking, yeah, that, I, can't, that, I can't get away from Jack, it. That's the Jackie Chan one? That's, yeah, the exactly, Jackie yeah, Chan. yeah. It's supposed to be New York. Which, yeah, yeah Brooklyn has mountains sure. in the background, yeah. <laughs> um, I have noticed a preponderance of uh, car commercials are shot using the bridges oh, gosh. in Vancouver. Oh, why, why, why is that? God, that's a good question. I don't know. Do you yeah. know? I, I don't know why that. But it's, it's one of the, I guess they look certain, there's a certain majestic yeah. thing about a car traveling over a bridge or something, you know, especially <laughs> well, no, but I, if it's I like, Burrard Bridge, which is a nice yeah. looking bridge. No, I think it's phenomenal that they go over the Georgia Viaduct. <laughs> they take a right turn on the, the, they are automatically on the Sea to Sky Highway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't, I'd like to take that route to get to Whistler. Yeah. They're so, they're, you see so many of them now, too. I, I wonder, know. you know, people in the States, I wonder who watch, watch these things and think, where in Chicago is that? Where, <laughs> where in Seattle is that? Well, no, amongst Aaron Chapman's body of work, now you've done histories of the, 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 the Commodore Ballroom, which, of course, legendary. I think Sammy Davis Jr. played there as a kid, I think. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, a lot of these locations, I guess, have been used on multiple movie and television programs. Oh, yeah, there's an old, uh, there's an old Tom Jones, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones commercial. And I think it was for a, it was for Verizon or a cell phone company or something like that. Okay. It was shot there. They've shot a bunch of things there at the Commodore and at the Penthouse, which is another place I've written about. Big Eyes, um, the Tim Burton film mm -hmm. was shot there, of course. Mm -hmm. And that was mm -hmm. interesting to be down there um, while they were shooting that. There, there, there was a discussion at one point. They were they wanted to put me in the. In the, in, the, in the movie, just sort of as a drunk at the end of the bar, which I thought, well, this is the role I'm born to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'll just sort of sit there with a hat on, you know, sort of looking into my glass. But I had to be there every day yeah. for about 10 hours for four or five days in a row, and I couldn't, I couldn't get away to do it. So and then, and then it's when my the, constant regret. And then so when filming was over, you just went back there for another 10 days? Ex exactly, excellent, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, just to absorb that's, that's the room. Yeah, just had yeah. to see, you know, yeah. it's like getting into character. <laughs> I remember years ago being on set when Chris Haddock was, uh, was shooting Da Vinci's Inquest I just saw Chris and intelligence, yeah. uh, and they were using the penthouse. I mean, again, you talk about a historic Vancouver locale. Oh, you yeah. don't come more historic than the penthouse. Well, there's very few places in Vancouver that are multi generational places that your your grandparents went to, your parents went to, and you could go to because the city's changed so much before our very eyes that way. So you can count them on one hand. You you think of the P and E, uh, the Orpheum, the Commodore, Stanley Park. It starts to sort of trickle down. Have the, you know? Certainly, as I say, the Commodore, the penthouse. Um, the Hollywood Theater, which just is reopened, which is which is cool. Um, you know, an old 1930s era movie uh, or a cinema house. So, but there's there's very few places that, and, and these sort of places make up the DNA of the city. I always like to say, in that regard, you know. So, we, as I say, the, yeah, we've done a very good yeah. job of bringing the new, but we haven't done the best job of keeping yeah. the old in the city. It, and, it, and so they're precious places. Yeah. It's funny you should mention that, Aaron, because I, you know you're old when you refer to places as they used to be, not what they are now. Yeah. But what made you the historian of the area that oh, you became? Gosh. 
Well, you know, I, I would take off when I was I was a touring musician for like about 20 years, and I would take off on tour for a few months at a time, and come home, and I would see that oh, the the bookstore is now a pizza place, or or this store is now that. And it, it's always the it's always the always things become the pizza place. The pizza place never leaves. It always <laughs> is the same, you know. So, you know, I began to sort of notice how the city had changed. And I'm born and raised here, so I remember you know being a kid and. Vancouver and seeing log booms in False Creek, or I remember the way that the old Carling O'Keefe Brewery used to stink up all of Arbutus there with that smell of hops. You know, so I remember how the city's changed and how it smells different in, in a way. And, and I think I was always writing, and the nice thing about writing is you don't have to do a sound check for it or get in a van with six or seven hundred people and, and drive eight hours to do it. Right. And, and it just sort of, that, it started to build up maybe about 20 years ago where I, where I was, I was always sort of scribbling a few things and writing and little short pieces, but they, it sort of just developed on its own. And uh, it was a way for me to kind of get off the road a little bit in, in that way, too. So, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been fortunate with it. So, so. I'm going to put you on the spot. Because yes, sir. you know what? Everybody's got this, and I mean, and just correct me. Give us a little gem that nobody knows. It could be in your writings. You have to, like, just give me one paragraph of something in Vancouver that nobody knows and you found out. Well, well I, let me see here. Let me, I'll, I'll do something. What I'm working on right now is, is a book about... Uh, I've been interviewing um, old vice squad detectives from the Vancouver Police Department from the 1970s. Right. And, those, man, those guys have the greatest stories. If you can get those guys talking, it's very difficult to get police to talk, uh, even the older guys. But if you can get those guys talking, it's an amazing... You hear the most amazing stories that... Stuff that never made the papers. Right. So I'm working on a book. It's called Vancouver Vice. It's going to be out later this year. And, you know, in the, in the discussions and looking back at the 70s and 80s, you would go down to the West End today and you would have no idea that there was a street prostitution problem in, you know, the late 70s and early 80s in Vancouver. And, you know, we, if you drive around the West End, Broughton and Pendrel and some of these, you know, there's, there's streets that are blocked off. There's either a little mini park or a roundabout. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. Of, And people just think, well, these are sort of traffic calm measure. There's a nice little parklet, you know, outside of your apartment building that, that uh, has blocked off the traffic between two blocks. All those, when you walk around the day, no one would have any uh, idea that those were all made originally to deter cars from driving around <laughs> looking for prostitutes. Yes. You know, so, <laughs> yes. he, he, again, it's sort of part of the DNA of the city that we, we forget these things over the years, that uh, some of the reasons why the, things are the way they are. He is author Aaron Chapman. Everything Film with Film Robot is presented by Agency Click and broadcasting from Alphabet City at 4242 Main Street. One of the things that's fascinated me, when I, and I'm sure it's in your book or has had been in one of the previous books, the story of Errol Flynn, oh, the yes. swashbuckling actor who actually died in the West End of Vancouver, Vancouver under some specious circumstances <laughs> because wasn't he here with like a 15-year-old uh, female well, escort? Well, 17. 17. She was, Beverly Adlin was 17 years old, and, and I think she had the permission of her parents to be traveling with uh, dear Errol. But he, uh, he died in 1959 here in Vancouver, and it was a huge thing at the time, a big star right. of his stature. Even though he would, his star had faded a little bit, that he died here in Vancouver was a... Was a, was a huge, huge difference, a huge deal. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they did the autopsy right here in Vancouver. You can go to the Vancouver Police Museum where that autopsy room is now and stand oh, in that very room. interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to be... It's, it's, I uh, did not know uh, that. Yeah. That's actually very interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Here, here's a little thing, a little gem, right? Yeah. Flew under the radar because maybe at the time, 
but there's got to be a lot of stuff that we should bring well, back up, right? Like I, stories oh, sure, yeah. like that. Bring yeah. it back up, right? Aaron that's, is, that's Aaron, so cool. Aaron is the expert on this, but I was fascinated by that story. I wrote a piece in a magazine article years ago because it was, it was here. Errol was a faded former swashbuckling movie idol yeah. that was in his 50s, and the woman was 17. Oh, my God. And he ends up dying in, in an apartment in the West End. Yeah. And, oh, my God, this, ro- this rocked Hollywood. And that building is still there at 1310 Burnaby. In fact, <laughs> I had a friend that lived there, and uh, we had a seance one night we tried to do. And the only spirits that really produced themselves <laughs> were the gin and vodka that we had, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it was, it, we, yeah. we tried to sort of summon Errol, and, and he, but he never showed up. Yeah. Wow. It's, there's things like that just don't ex- aren't expected to, yeah. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And he, was he here buying a boat or something? He, was, he had a boat. He had a yacht that yeah. he was trying to sell to a, a stockbroker here in town named George Caldo who's an interesting guy himself. He went to jail for a little while. But anyway, uh, he was trying to sell this yacht because he was down. He needed the money and, and whatnot. And uh, apparently the coroner, when they saw Flynn, and he was only in his, uh, I think he was only in his 50s, mm-hmm. they thought he was a 70-year-old. Yeah. You know, his body was so ravaged by hard living and hard drinking and, and whatnot that he had done, you know. so In, in your yeah. travels, have you done much on the time Howard Hughes uh, occupied yes, the Bay Shore? Yes, oh my, my, I sure have. Okay. I, that, that one of my favorite stories, I, I did an uh, article for the old Vancouver Courier on that and uh, uh, tracked down some of the people that had worked in Hughes' organization. And that he came here for six months in 1972, staying in the top floor of the Western Bay Shore. And you can go to that room now. It's called the you know, Howard Hughes Suite, which goes rents for $1,000 a night. Uh, and... Uh, it, that's, a fa- that's sort of a fascinating story because he, he sort of came, you know, he hadn't been photographed since 1959. He hadn't, there's sort of this man of mystery. It's hard to explain what a person like Hughes was like. There's not really a, an equivalent today unless you sort of put Michael Jackson, Bill Gates, and somebody yeah, else together. Yeah, 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 you know, there's sort of the weirdness and the money all together. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but a fascinating figure, yeah. That, uh, was was this when he was wearing the Kleenex boxes and uh, he was a germaphobe? Well, this was the thing. Everybody, you know, they have this, you have this idea of the long fingernails, the yeah. long toenails, the beard, yeah. you know. He had, he had shaved and he, had, he walked into the, to the uh, Bayshore on his own. Uh, with, you know, his aides were freaked out that he was now sort of leaving this fog that he was. So for a few days there, he wanted the windows open. He wanted to look at the planes flying into Vancouver, uh, you know, Cole Harbor there and whatnot. And then he disappeared back into that sort of drug fog that he had been in. But it's I'm a, really interested. You know what? We yeah. got to go and talk another day. And like, I mean, we only got so many minutes on oh, the show. Man, of course, we can, like, yeah. I mean, you're a good storyteller, and I love that. And yeah. Yeah. Well, anytime, anytime. Yeah. Guys, yeah. No, I'm, I want to ask. I want to ask. Um, you know, and probably Joe, you're going to lead into this anyway. Is where can people see your work? And are you on social media? Have you got a website? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, AaronChapman.net. My my site. I'm just. Yeah, fixing things up there now, but I'm so on social media. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, yeah, yeah. And, and you'll find any of my books in any of the oh, anywhere from Amazon uh, to chapters and anywhere yeah. else. In town. So if they, somebody went to Amazon right now, what do they type in? Like, what would they? Oh, uh, would you could, well, you type search? in my name, Aaron Chapman. A R O N. Chapman. Okay, and, Aaron Chapman. And I, and I recommend everybody. You'll find do four that. books there and a, and a fifth coming out next year. So. Okay, you you find, um, that's great. You yeah. had mentioned to us before uh, we started this that you have some uh, exciting news. Oh yes, the Last Gang in Town, which is a book I wrote about East Vancouver street gangs in the 1970s and what the Vancouver Police Department did to fight them uh, has got optioned for sort of film and television. Now, it's kind of one of these things that, uh, from speaking to other people about it, sometimes these things can get optioned and then it doesn't get made until like 30 years after you're dead right. <laughs> or whatnot. So it's a bit of a lottery ticket, I suppose, and, and, and these things can get renewed and, and some they don't get renewed and whatnot. But the, the, the team that uh, are, are trying to produce it are a very capable bunch and they want to do it as a Vancouver story. They, want it, they don't want to necessarily... 
buy it and then and then set it in Chicago or set it in New York. You know, they they want to do it as a Vancouver story and see that that it has potential that way. So, so this includes yeah. the notorious Clark Park gang. The Clark Park gang, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, how, and all my and what, 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 how bad were they by comparison to when you think of gang activity today? How bad was the Clark? Well, Park you know, gang? Th- it's interesting because this wasn't organized crime, is what I tell people. It was sort of unorganized crime, <laughs> and and that made it all the more sort of volatile. So. You know, today most of you know gang crime is centers around drug trafficking and things like this. You know, and everybody has guns. This was a little bit more, you know, fist to cuffs era mm-hmm. of, you know, there were a lot of burglaries, there were a lot of um, um, robberies and assaults and uh, arsons and everything like this. The, the the crime statistics went up in East Van immeasurably with during those those Clark Park gang years, and uh, but you know it, it was a different it was a different era. You know, these were sort of um, where people sort of had street you know, it yeah, was, it was yeah. regional you know it well, was, no, like, it was business, and you know, neighborhood it, now a lot of these a lot of these people that later on graduated into the boys that ride motorcycles now for a living and, and uh, you know have patches on their jacket so you know you have the roots of of, uh, of an earlier Vancouver in these people as oh, well you know? yeah. so yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting era you go back you go back and you look at um, some of the stuff that I know is that the hotel associations were very strong I'm yes. sure you looked at that, and they used to sign hundred-year leases, and I mean, um, they would, and it's not a coincidence. I mean, not to go off topic, but there was uh, most strip bars were attached to a hotel. Very much so. Yes, you're right. Almost yeah. every single one that yeah. you've ever had, like you know, like, and cities have tried to close them down, close them down, close yeah. them down, clean up, and they go, we got fifty-five more years on our lease. Sorry, yeah, because. The hotel association unions were so strong. They, do you know what I'm talking about? Very, when very I say much that? so. And, and even, even in a broader sense, you had to you had to order liquor through a hotel. Right. The hotels uh, owned back, a lot. Right. Back, back in there, the day, right? yeah. So the, they were very much a, a women a could not walk monopoly. in unescorted. Yeah. Yeah. Were, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah exactly. Much, yeah. The hotels owned everything for a while and I don't know if that was mob controlled or whatever you'd know more than me but that was very strong well they kind of made their own mob if they weren't necessarily yeah they were their own they they became that way just they became so strong Uh, Aaron I don't need need to heap more work on you um, but uh, what would fascinate me I don't know if it would sell copies (laughs) but if you ever get the inspiration write the history of Vancouver radio oh my gosh yes that would be I've had people talk talk to me before especially you know there's so many different radio personalities over the years that have been a part of this city Um, you got all, very much you, so, all yeah. you got so many personalities, and you got Joe Leary as yeah, well. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he, 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 it would awesome. be it would be a fascinating read. And as you yeah. know, radio does tend to change rather abruptly. Yes, so. oh actually, if you ever if you ever look at Joe's website and stuff, this guy this guy has more photos of pictures of people oh my God. and well, stars with himself legend. than uh, anybody I know. Yeah, like like a lot of history, a lot yeah. of history. Oh, and no, that's great. No question. Love talking about it. Aaron Chapman, it's a pleasure to finally have Thank a you. twenty minute conversation with you, <laughs> and uh, and let's do it again. I would say continued success, but I think that that goes without saying. Oh, but uh, we'd love to have you back in anytime, and, guys. And, and no, we will because you know what? I could, uh, we could go another twenty yeah, minutes right oh, now. Gotcha. What yeah. a great yeah. guest! What a yeah. great guest! Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thanks, Cheers. guys. Take care.